Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our new website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello, Trojan fans, and welcome to episode number 111 of the Peristyle Podcast. Today is March 31st. 2010. We got a very special show for you this week on the podcast. We're talking with longtime NFL scout, college scout, uh, recruiter in college, Division One, all different levels. He was in the USFL. He was in the World League. Lanny Julius is joining us this week. Lanny, what's going on, sir? Good to be here. Love it. I'm glad to have you on. We, uh, if, if you don't know Lanny, we've had him on the podcast a couple times before, and uh, he's always. People, I get a lot of email requests coming in this time of year uh, to, to get you back on the show, Lanny, and I, I think it's a good thing for Thank sure. You. Yeah, no, no, everyone enjoys it. Um, Lanny definitely has his own unique style, so if you haven't heard before, you can go back in the archives and hear what he talked about before, but he's, he's done some articles for us in the past as well, and we're going to go through the entire class of 2010 this week, so it'll be a little different show. We're not going to have Coach Hyde on or anybody else. We're just going to have Lanny on. That'll be our host show this week, and it's a, I think it'll be a treat for everybody. I'm, I'm excited to have you here, Lanny. I'm excited to be here, too. I'll apologize to Harvey Hyde because I really like being with him. I know him a long time. He's really good at evaluating players. Coach Hyde, well, yeah, we should. Uh, we could have you guys on together sometime. I think that would be kind of fun. Um, well, okay, so anyway, just, we got a lot of questions this week, and we're not going to get to those until next week, so I'll save those. But if you do have questions for us, podcast at uscfootball.com uh, is our email address. But uh, you know, because we're going to go through the whole class, I think we'll just get with it. Uh, and go through it with Lanny. We'll kind of just name different guys, kind of go through one at a time, and Lanny will give you his expert opinion on them. And uh, we've—it's been funny if we look at some of the old articles you did, Lanny, where you talked about guys, and we got to see them three or four years later. You're pretty much spot on. It's kind of scary. <laughs> it is kind of scary, but I enjoy being scary. Uh, <laughs> you know, can I get into this right now? Sure, go ahead. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, you know, the thing that really toasted me on the signing day, I had all kinds of TVs on and uh, stations, and when the people up there around 3 p.m. West Coast time were saying, were saying that Florida, this is probably the best recruiting class, not in Florida's history, but in the history of college football, I had to go in the bathroom, up Chuck, come back out. <laughs> and when they used the word history, now mind you, I've been doing this, I'm 68, I'll be 69 in September, since 1947 rating eva uh, and evaluating recruiting classes. I've gone back in history. This is what I do. And I'm going to tell you right now, and I've told about 20 to 30, probably closer to 50 people to their face, and not all Trojan fans. So this SC recruiting class is by far the best recruiting class in the history of college football. And yeah, the Nebraska teams that had back-to-back -back powerhouses at times in the 70s and 80s, and yeah, the Miami team with all the national championships, and the Oklahoma teams in three different runs of the late 40s, the early to mid-70s, and at parts in the early to late 80s. But this is the best recruiting class in the history of college football as an individual class. And the reason why I say that, it's the only recruiting class I ever remember where there's not a quality, uh, for anybody at any time, where there's not an absolute quality athlete uh, on the list of players that the Trojans sign. And 
the class, a lot of people will rate classes by how many tackles you get, how many offensive guards you get. That's ridiculous. A lot of people would say that um, it's unbelievable. They signed four receivers, they being, mean, being the Trojans. And, well, sure, if you, if you have a chance to get the four best receivers in the country or four of the top six receivers in the country, you always take those guys. And if you only get uh, one defensive lineman, then take five of the best linemen the next year and then one receiver. It all balances out. Do your own trading. And that's what SC essentially did. The combination of the three and then the four wide receivers with Baxter and Zepter combined with the three tight ends are the seventh greatest and nobody ever had three or four for the seven slots, if they are slots, receivers slash tight ends in the history of college football. There's not a tight end they sign that wouldn't be an, an, uh, almost an immediate star in various offensive systems anywhere in the country. Grimble, Telfair, and Thomas. There's not a receiver who wouldn't be the go-to guy in the Trojan freshman class of recruits. Um, you naturally know Prater, Wood, Ambles, and if Baxter goes, it would be the go-to guy. There's seven guys right there. And then if you take Morgan and slot him a lot, and you put the fastest junior hurdler in America in there, then you've got an unbelievable crew of eight out of close to 20 signees that are just phenomenal offensive skill players. And with speed, size, coaching ability, athleticism, and everything, it's a dream. So this is the greatest recruiting class in the history of college football because this is a class that didn't have anything less – the, the the last player signed to the best to the first player signed is a great player. Whoever signed early, we know the names of the guys who signed early. And the last player signs Henderson. Usually, the last player is signed is some guy who's been sent films by the high school coach to you. Hey, you have an extra scholarship. Look at this guy, and maybe a fullback's going to be ineligible, so you go sign that guy. Henderson's the last guy of the class to sign, and he's arguably one of the top offensive linemen in the country. And I say arguably because nobody ever knows who really the best offensive line, lineman or defensive lineman is, but he certainly is one of them, and he's going to be probably a very fine lineman. But let me get started now on how I rate and how I see the players. All right. Well, Lanny, I don't know if the Trojan fans are going to like this. You think they're the number one class ever of all time? I think uh... – People are going to be pretty I make excited. a lot of guys mad at me who played at SC that I know and who I played like uh, in high school. Nice. All right. Well, um, did you I don't think it. I know it. Okay. Did you want to start with the guys that are already enrolled? Yes. Let's, uh, yeah. So either one, Kyle Prater or Dylan Well, we'll Baxter. start with Baxter. Okay. I mean, Baxter, you know, he's a great, great prospect who's a good player. You know, all the, the 25 touchdowns, 100 touchdowns, all different stats and games. Uh, all the yards. You know, you got to look at level competition. Level competition he played against was good. Not very good, not great, but good. He's a fine player. And, and since he enrolled in the spring, I think he's a guy that they got to find a position for him fast. Because, you know, he's got five to get four and one extra spring practice. Give him a position to really compete at and don't mix him up in the 12 or 13 practice assignments too much. You know, after the first couple of days, put him at tailback or put him at wideout. And if you want to put him at both, I feel you can do that. Naturally, they're going to do what they want to do. This is just a suggestion. But I, I would take that guy because he is a quality athlete. And with injuries, uh, all the players coming back at USC in the running back slot have had some physical issues. Bradford, Gable, Tyler, and some other uh, football issues, fumbling, things like that. Give that guy a shot. And if, and if he doesn't give you a real shot in the arm right now in the first few days, see what will give you at wide, wide out or slot. And then in the last two-thirds of the sessions, give him a position. Let him really compete because that's what the SC um, – model is supposed to be compete i mean that's going to be a legacy for life so baxter's a good player who has a chance to be a great player and once they figure it out where to put him 
a little too much running and twisting in the open field after a catcher when he was running with the ball. You know, that's a thing you can't teach too well. Running back and receiver coaches, especially running back coaches, can improve or not. But that's a natural feel um, to move the field, to move the ball upfield, to move the chains. He's trying to break everything for a touchdown. you got to love that. In high school, you get away with it. This level, you don't. He's a fine player. He'll end up being a willing blocker wherever he is. He's a tough guy. He's intelligent. He handles the ball well. He's got good hands where they're catching or carrying the ball. He's got pretty good football techniques already. He had good coaching in high school. So... He's he's the guy that I would rate as a four a four star player right now, and a four star player is damn good. After that, uh, the next next guy I'm going to turn to right now is my favorite recruit at SC. Both last year I thought he was the best, and this year I think he's the best. Period. Patrick Hall. Patrick Hall will someday in the NFL, regardless of where SC plays him, end up being one of the great if he's healthy. And I say if because he's already had an operation, but I'm sure he's fine, and he'll be healthy. A, a boundary corner like they haven't seen. Had the guy just run track, he'd have been concentrated track uh, on track and field. He'd have been, been a guy that could run a 10-4-5, meters, and that's automatic, automatically equivalates to about a 4-4-3, guy. He's got range. He's not a real, real tall guy, uh, but he's got range. He's got great vertical, change of direction, everything you want in a safety. He'll come up and smack you in the mouth. He can close as a cover guy, both as a corner and as a safety. He played running back and safety in high school. I think a lot of people sort of forgot about him. But but he's a real star. I think he was the best athlete of last year's recruiting class. And if he's healthy, the best athlete of this. So he's a five-star player. And then last but not least of the three guys who enrolled, Kyle Prater. Prater's an overstrider. One guy made a, a fatal mistake when he evaluated Kyle Prater in one of the recruiting online services and in a couple recruiting magazines that I read. People said they probably copied each other, that he, he can't break off a route or he's not smooth enough. Well, he's a high school kid. He's right at six feet four. He, he's not a long overstrider, but he overstrides some. He'll, he makes tremendous runs after the catch. He can go in a crowd and get it. He's a coach's dream to, to recruit. He's a guy... That, that, that has a chance to be just a, just a great, great, great player. He's a willing blocker. He's everything you want in a receiver. I mean, he, he seems like a good teammate. Uh, he seems like he's got a, his head on his shoulder. After all, he picked the right school. Uh, you know, just, uh, yeah, but it's the truth. And, and, and he, he's just a master. He's a five-star. And, and again, why I'm going to jump back to how, why I create uh, – rate this class so high is that there's six or seven or maybe eight five-star guys in this class. I mean, it's really something. Now we'll get on. So I'm so high on him. Uh, yeah, well, it, the, those guys I got to see a little bit this summer, uh, this winter. So I got to see Dylan Baxter, Kyle Prater. You know, they were definitely um, – it was a little different because you know, you're, you're running in there with, with no pads on, just shorts. They're just kind of running around. You get to see them. Prater definitely looks the part. I mean, he might be 6'5". He's a big, big kid, big arms. He seems like he can catch the ball yeah. really well. Uh-huh. Um, and Dylan Baxter, I don't know what it is, but he's this, there's something that's really shifty about him that he seems to be able to get open all the time. And it just both of those guys look like they've made the jump, at least on this level. Yeah. There's no pads or anything yet. But just from watching uh-huh. them for the first, last few yeah, weeks, I understand what you're it saying. seems like they're doing a pretty good job. Well, you know, I always remember this time three or four years ago when people were raving to me about Osbury, people raving to me about uh, – uh, McKnight when he came in, but I kept reminding him you're playing in the summer against the air. I mean, it's a little <laughs> different when you put your suit on. And, uh, you know, McKnight, a guy who ended up being a 
you know, third or fourth round pick, maybe a, a low second in the NFL. I mean, he's got to be a player. He is a player, but we also know the negative issues and what happened to him in his career, you know, always being down on the floor too much and things like that. But he turned out to be a heck of a player and a contributor. And, and you can't really tell cause they la- until they really lace him up in the fall. Because even three or four years ago, two spring practices in a row, you know, the receivers looked so good, including two or three of the fourth-year juniors and fifth-year seniors on this year's team at SC. And they looked so good, but they were working at half the spring practice against walk-on corners. Yeah. <laughs> so, you That's know, a good competition, point. <laughs> competition breeds quality, and quality's got to practice against quality. All right, so those are the guys that are enrolled at USC already. Let's go to Markeith Ambles, the uh, wide receiver out of Georgia – Listed at 6'2", 182 or so. He's a five-star guy, according to Rivals.com. What are your thoughts on him? Oh, I really like him. Uh, I, I don't know if there's any off, off-field issues with him. There might be some. I don't know. You know what happened. Maybe something in high school. I remember reading something. But he, he seems like a good young guy, you know, and smiles and things like that. As far as football goes, he's a catch-in-the-crowd guy. He can run after the catch. A lot like Prater in a lot of ways. People, some, when they've gotten too critical they they say he can't break off a route at times or, or you know, he won't turn his head or shoulders. But he, he's only a high school guy coming in. He's going to be a wonderful player. He's a run-after-the-catch guy. He's a big, big, big-time receiver. I think he isn't as smooth in, in a lot of ways as Prater is. He, he's off and on. He's smooth sometimes and, 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 and too much uh, jerking around with the head and the shoulders at other times. But those are things that the SC coaches will correct. Um, he's got good hands almost soft hands. He'll catch in the crowd. I don't see him as a return guy, just as a receiver. I think he's a lot like a couple other receivers we'll get into later that I think the farther you play him away from the ball, the better he is because he can utilize that size and the bulk he has to, to, to break tackles. And you get him farther away from the linebackers, and, and, and he's a real threat. And he's also be a threat because you've got to wrap him up because he'll run after the catch. He, he's a four-star in my mind. All right. Um, we've got... Dylan, uh, sorry, Dion Bailey, he's a guy I got to see a little bit over local product, Lakewood High School, probably come in as a defensive back. Uh, he's listed, He's a four-star, according to Rivals, uh, 6'1", 195. What are your thoughts on him? Well, he's like 5'11", five, five 188, <laughs> I'm Like all the guys, they grow two inches when SC signs them, you know, and, and I, I don't know who does that, but he, he's closer to six than than six two and so if you give him six that's fine but i don't think he is that i mean he's a compact hitter he's a guy that that uh i, I see as a red shirt unless they have tremendous amount of injuries he's a guy that would be a very good invert meaning one of the inside players tackling inside out and in from the inside out position in the secondary he can cover he's a playmaker he makes plays he goes to the ball he makes unbelievable plays at time he's the type of guy that makes plays that win games at the end of the game he plays hard. He is just a time guy. I always consider three-star players the guys that might take a redshirt year and then one or two years to develop their skills. That's what I call a three-star player. But he's going to be good. He's going to be very good. I don't see him as a free safety. I see him as a compact, strong safety or even a boundary corner. All right. Uh, Inland Empire kid, Anthony Brown, according to Rivals, he was the only three-star kid that, that signed with USC I know he was a workout warrior he went to every camp possible he just really impressed the previous staff and then you know I, the Lane Kiffin still honored his commitment what do you think about Anthony Brown? Oh, I like Brown he, he he's he's a guy that I call a three-star player uh, 
because he can do so many things, and he's versatile, play both corners, play is hard. He's got a good burst. He's fast. He's not a burner, but he is fast. He can close. He can cover. You know, if you watch him on some of the tapes, his running ability, he's got a lot of skill. He can change directions. You can take that skill and convert it to cornerback. I mean, he can be isolated out in the open spaces and really shut down guys. Usually the boundary corners are the ones who aren't as fast and shut people down because they have less uh, area to defend. This guy can defend both sides of the field. He'll come up and smack in the mouth. He's a playmaker, too. I mean, I think that's a wonderful get for SC. Uh, I see him as a five-year guy. I see him redshirting unless they have injuries or need him on the special teams or unless he comes in in early injuries because he's, he seems to have really good football instincts. So he could see a guy that could I, – I see a guy could be on the field this year. I rate him a three-star and only because just like Bailey, guys will hopefully, hopefully they're in the program for five years and they get a redshirt year out of them this year. And SC's got – 13 or 14 scholarship young guys, and I think eight or nine of them have three or more years of eligibility uh, on, on their secondary. So they can afford that, I think, to do that. All right. Um, yeah, I think he's a popular player, uh, Anthony Brown. A lot of people like him. I don't know if they think he's the underdog because he was the only quote-unquote three-star guy, but he, he seemed to be one that I think a lot of people want to watch for when he gets in there. Um, only two offensive linemen, one of them Giovanni DiPaolo, uh kid out of Ventura. What do you think about uh, Love DiPaolo? Him. This guy is a great athlete for the position. He's long. He's just growing into his body. I would harbor to guess he wasn't 6'3 at this time, regardless of what the L.A. Times listed him as 6'4 a year ago. I would, I, would, I would guess he was probably a low 6'3". He doesn't even know how tall he is. He's gotten so big and natural bulk, he's just growing into his body. You know, SC listed him in their spring media guide at 6'6". Six, six. He's about maybe a tad over 6'4", if that, right now. You can just, Every time you see him differently, even in a football game, he's growing in his helmet. He's going to be <laughs> a 6'5", at least, 310, 312-pound center if they put him there. He's got great snap, great hands. He's very, very, very athletic. And I rate him as, as a four-player and I hope I hope they can get a red shirt because if they get a red shirt out of him, what they're going to see next year, after the way he's growing and with the SC weight program, they're going to see a six four and a half to six five, three hundred and ten pound center who looks like he's two eighty. He's fast, quick, and highly intelligent. He is by far, I think, the best lineman in Ventura County in the last six to eight years. Wow, all right, he's, so he's a five star. They need, and, and, and I'm the only guy that rated him that. I think he's that good. Well, the USC only got two offensive linemen, like I said, with him and Henderson. So they needed to get – if you only get two, you've got to get some kind of quality. But you think it's high quality there. That's good. Then. Oh, yeah, very high quality. He's right. a big-time player. All right. Well, speaking of big-time players, one of the uh, three tight ends you mentioned, Xavier Grimble out of Las Vegas, 6'6", 245. Big, big kid. Uh, I know you like this tight end group. Tell us about Grimble. Yeah, I think if I had the three to take, I'd flip a coin, and, and I loved them all. I like Grimble, and I like the versatility what what he could bring you. I'm not so sure he wouldn't be an ins- a better inside player on defense. I'm not so sure he wouldn't be uh, a better anchor in on defense. And it's, uh, I know you've seen highlight tapes, but every time I ever got a highlight tape, I like to see the highlight tape and then the low light tape. And coaches and agents, whether it's pro or college, would say, what do you mean low light? I want to see what he does when he's not having a good game. I mean, he lumbers, he runs fast straight ahead. He's hard to bring down, but don't forget that's against high school kids. He'd be a very successful tight end, a good one. Maybe even play in the NFL someday. He's a big guy. He can catch the ball well. 
But there's something about him that I, I think he's going to have a lot more growth. And that lumbering thing at times when you see him in the open field, he's sort of stiff. He looks, you know, he's mowing down tackles. And after about 25 yards, he can't give you what Telfer or Thomas can give you deep in the long run. All right. But so he's, you, a four, he's a four-star player. I know a lot of people rate him a five-star. That's a damn good player. All right. You think, so you think he could move around, though? You don't think he could stay I, his tight I, 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 don't think, I, I don't think he can do what the other two tight ends they recruited can do. All right. Well, uh, the other offensive lineman next on the list, I think everybody's heard about him. <laughs> Chantrell Henderson, St. Paul, Minnesota. Rivals had him the number two player in the country. Oh. Didn't sign his letter of intent. He pretty much had his own show on uh, CBS Sports Line or whatever. What, what was it, CBS? Well, you uh, know, four stars can play in the NFL. That, well, that's true, yeah. But they rank him really high. He, he Everyone thought he was going to sign on signing day. Waited, obviously, just signed recently. What do you think? Uh, is is oh, Henderson got all the hype? Uh, we're on Henderson now? Yeah. Henderson. Well, you know, the number one thing in recruiting and in scouting always is uh, level of competition, height, weight, size, and speed, and your production. You know, when I saw him in the high school all-star game, there was a lot of guys with a lot of athletic ability just ran right by him. And, and I think people saw that and don't want to allude to that. He's got not a long way to go, but he is just a young guy offensive lineman. I've never seen a great high school All-American as a freshman. I mean, there's been some that started on teams that played in national championship games, but they weren't great players. They were great for freshman players. I see this guy on the same level um, as, you know, the, the kid who's up at San Bernardino. I'm from San Bernardino, who's at Oregon State now, that, that wielder, that, that left tackle. Philip, uh, Philip, yeah, Philip okay. excuse me. And, and – I, I just think he's got a world of really fine quality football ahead of him. But he's got a lot of adjusting to do. I've watched him a lot. He's big. He's bulky. He gets off the ball. But the level of competition in the Minneapolis and St. Paul League in there, he's not going to see too many of those guys in that level in college. You're going to see better players. It's going to take time for him. They might have to play him early. But you'll see him get beat quite a bit if he plays too much too early. And then he's going to be a fine tackle. And a lot of people will are, are – are, you know, I think a lot of people have in their mind – that two guys in this recruiting class are, are going to, one's going to score 40 touchdowns this year, Baxter, and the other guy, they're just going to line up an eye behind Henderson. He's going to pay the way, and they're going to get 600 yards running. That ain't <laughs> going to be the case. Yeah. I, I rate him a four-star, and a four-star will play in the NFL someday. But as far as all the accolades, I just don't like uh, some of his uh, techniques. I, I don't think the, I think the speed of the game is going to hurt him for a while, and I, I think that the change of coaches in the offensive line will really help him. Um, I think he's going to be coached very well, and he seems to be a young guy that will be able to take to the coaching. But he's got a ways to go. I think most people are expecting him just to get in there and blow people open. I hope I'm totally wrong on this. but it's good. And, and do I like him? Very much. Is he going to be great? I think he's going to be great. Now, no. And I, just like I didn't think when I said in this podcast last year, I didn't think Barkley was going to be great as a freshman. And uh, got a lot of hits in regard to that. In regard to that. Uh, on on this site, and it turned out to be exactly what I said with Barkley would be, a damn good freshman quarterback, and I'd like to see him redshirt, and he didn't. uh, Barkley and Henderson sort of remind me of the same. They're both high-quality players, and I know I'm equating an offensive lineman with a quarterback, but don't expect too much of him too fast. Don't put your binoculars on him after they play Hawaii. Don't put your (laughs) – and and think he's going to blow everybody off the ball right away. Pac-10 stuff, but a four-star for me. Now, Gerard Martinez, our recruiting analyst, was down at the uh, Army All-American Bowl in San Antonio, and he said pretty much the same thing. Right in the beginning when you saw him, 
he was getting blown by by yeah. guys. And we, I think we talked about this with him on the podcast last week. Yeah. He said he started to, like, he hadn't seen that before. Yeah, and seen it. it just, but he got better over that week. And obviously it's only sure. a week of practice, but he said, yeah, I think the potential looks like it's there, but just, he was kind of overwhelmed right, right in the beginning of that. Well, he's going to get real overwhelmed after the Hawaii game at times. And, and, uh, you know, it's just going to happen. But they're all the qualities he has, the speed. You know, he's going to end up being a four nine five flat guy like all the, all the great potential offensive linemen are. They get beat up in the legs. They get bigger. They go through beatings. They have some injuries. But he's going to be fine. He's long and athletic. They always talk about the basketball thing with him. But if you've seen high school basketball in Minnesota, that ain't very good either. So... He he is uh, just check Minnesota's record. The University of Minnesota they got they used to have nothing but Minnesota basketball players. And that's why all those coaches always get fired there, <laughs> you know. But uh, Henderson is a four star prospect in my eyes, and again, that's a, a heck of a rating. I know he's supposed to be the number two player in the country. He isn't. All right. Well, let's go to a local kid. There's always got to be somebody that they compare to Reggie Bush, uh, DJ Morgan, out of uh, Taft High School. Well, I've been raving about D.J. Morgan since his ninth grade. I have seen him on television seven or eight times, but in person 15 times since he started in high school football. I don't think I, – I can name five people that can tell you that there's never a weekend in high school prep football when I'm in town that I don't go see D.J. Morgan. And uh, the thing I was hoping for uh, is that he, in high school he wouldn't run the hurdles this year to really secure his knee. You know, obviously he's going to be okay. You know, he, he he's just a marvelous athlete. Uh, and, and, you know, again, he is not six feet. He is maybe 5'10". But what he is is one hell of a football player. This is truly a guy you can, much more so for me than Baxter, where you can really put all over the place because of that speed. I mean, he's a legit, he'll clock someday in the four threes on, on a pro workout day. I mean, if he doesn't keep getting hurt, you know, which he hasn't. He had the one injury, and he's healed. But he's incredible. And, and the thing about him being a hurdler, he has snap, he has lithe, lith, either way you pronounce it. He can jump, he can cut. I mean, he's just a, a danger to all defenses. That's what I always would call him. They got the nickname for the Mamba over at, uh, over at uh, Black uh, Mamba, uh, yeah. over at Crenshaw. This guy's the Bamba. <laughs> uh, I mean, he's just a bum when he gets the ball in his hand. I don't care where it is. They got to get him ball in his hand. He's special. If they had him as a corner, he's tough enough to be a great one. But I know he's going to be on offense. All right. Well, let's. Uh, you mentioned Crenshaw. Let's go over to. Uh... USC made a little head, head, uh, headway into Crenshaw, which hasn't been yeah, easy. Yeah, it's wonderful. And I've seen this guy so much because He's pulled, you know, yeah. I went to Dorsey. Half the guys went to Manuel, and a few of the guys went to Crenshaw that I go about eight weekends, nothing but high school football around town. And I feel like he's in my family, and I, I've never even spoken to him. But, but Poulard is just a great, great high school player who will be, a, I think, a great, great college player. Now, when you look at the media guide in the spring, he isn't 6'2 and 225. He might be 6'01, six, 602, meaning six foot an eighth of an inch. And what he is, maybe six foot half, he, his body won't hold him at 240. 222, 223. He's an unbelievable, and I repeat, unbelievable sideline to sideline heat seeking missile. And what people don't understand of all the teams that got in the state tournaments this year and the playoffs, most of those teams, except in a few cases at De La Salle, all those players went one way. This guy played forty I mean he played 
48 minutes a game on the field, Poulard. Running back kickoffs. He played offense and defense. When he was fresh in the first half, he ripped De La Selva, you know what. He scored the two <laughs> touchdowns that couldn't bring him down. Then he got tired because every play he plays, it's the last. He's like a guy with, you know how people put somebody's hair on fire? It's like he lit his body on fire. He's just <laughs> everywhere trying to make a play. He doesn't give on anything. You know how they talk in pitchers, the pitcher doesn't give in? I mean, you can be a 6'6", 290-pound high school American tackle, and he'll take you right on mouth-to-mouth. That guy is the guy that I would like to see at the inside linebacker position right away this year. If he can handle all the schoolwork that goes with it, not a redshirt year, not nothing. I don't see him as a weak outside backer because he's not—he's a decent athlete. He's not very athletic, though. But what he is—he's a heat-seeking missile. He would be the best middle linebacker SC's had in the last two years. I can guarantee you, and the, and the one before that's in the pros. They need help at that position. Wow. Okay. He's that good. He's a—he's a four-star player, and he's limited because. Uh, of size, they can't bulk him up too much because he's naturally strong and a workaholic. He's special. Well, it was a little kind of shocking that he signed. I think a lot of people thought he was going to go to UCLA. Were you shocked yeah, at all? Well, you know what? On Monday night, I called a friend of mine who uh, played some baseball at Cal, James Pardot, and he's a recruitaholic. And I left a message. You know, I'm getting the feeling on that Monday night before that Pular is going to go to SC because he always talks recruiting with me on the phone, and. Uh, and and sure enough, I had that feeling, and and I left a couple messages for guys in my family, all Trojans, and Sam Sakalakis, who used to be the play secret at SC in the fifties. I said, Pollard is going to go to SC. This is before a newspaper. I just, you know, the, he he was going over to UCLA and visiting, and all of a sudden, it seemed like he caught more interest in SC in those last two days. I know he had originally gave Pete Carroll a commitment. And he's sort of an honorable kid, it seems. And but he plays so hard, he had to go to SC. They needed him. You know, they really needed him, and and he needed to be at SC. And I just think that I think that was his dream, and and I think he's going to be – he's a four-star, and I think he's going to be a great player. All right. Well, let's uh, switch gears, go defensive back. Uh, another defensive back out of Florida for USC, Nikel Roby. Not the biggest kid in the world. They list him at 5'8", 165. Yeah, he's like 5'6 and a quarter and 152. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I mean, and that's what he is. And, and he got caught up in the recruiting, and he was highly recruited, and he has some skills. But, you know, just like Oregon has I'm – I'm, I'm going to switch to Oregon, but it's, a, it's in tune with what we're talking about, Roby. In the spring, they enrolled three high school freshmen all Ameri- uh, two high school freshmen All-Americans who are in spring ball now. One's listed at 5'8 and a half. One, once he was listed at 5'10. He's 5'6. His name's Mathis. He's out of <laughs> Detroit. I mean, that's, that's a coach's dream on offense to see Mathis, or it will be to see Roby. I don't care. I'll show him – I'll do this. He's 5'6". And all these schools line up with a couple receivers of 6'5", and they can high jump seven feet now. And and you just play with a 5'6 corner too much. You know, maybe a nickel packages if you need him a dime. I don't care if he's a great hitter. He's still 5'6". And I, I could actually see a good friend of mine suggested he might end up on offense. I would see him maybe eventually turning into a slot receiver or something where you can use his talent in an open field. See, the advantage receivers always have over defenders is they know where they're going. Sure, and uh, so so he has that advantage as opposed to the, a corner who's smaller. He's at a disadvantage to start with. He's at a disadvantage in jump balls. Uh, you know, like, like Thurman at Oregon is considered a small corner, yet he's three and a half, three inches taller than Roby. I mean, Roby is not five eight. I don't think, and and he's just not five eight. I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
Do you, athletically, though, what do you, I mean? Uh, uh, wonderful athlete. Yes, okay. 17.1 average or something like that in, uh, on, on punt returns and things like that. And he, he, he's a playmaker. I mean, they'll, they'll find a place for him. But I don't think it's a cover corner, and he's not a safety. I think he can get you out of a game. But, you know, when you see a 5'6", say 160, 165-pound corner, don't forget, this is the SC Spring Media Guide. He ain't 5'8", and he's probably not 165. He's probably 158. And you go through two-a-days, and you get worn down. And, and, and teams that run the ball pretty well, just look for that guy. You know, you want to get – Turn the corner on that guy. That doesn't mean he's not tough. It's just so much a 165 pounds has a tough, tougher time handling three guys who are 675 pounds or 775. So he's a four-star because if they play him in the right place, which they will find out, because these guys are smart. They're a good coaching staff. And uh, they'll play him in the right place. But I think he'll eventually end up in, in, in a position where he can t- catch the ball and touch the ball. Uh, next one is a quarterback, the only quarterback in this class, uh, Jesse Scroggins out of Lakewood High School. What are your thoughts on Jesse? Uh, I saw him a lot. I'd only rate him a four-star because, you know, I think all five-star guys are immediate impacts. And with the Pete Carroll compete rule, that I think will last there at SC forever. It's the decompete rule for quarterbacks, I think, no matter what uh, Coach Kiffin says. I think uh, Barkley's anointed the job. I think uh, Scroggins will be the quarterback someday. I think if, uh, I hope to God they can redshirt him, and I use God in this because you don't want to waste a year where he plays uh, 23 snaps in one game, 16 in another, and he all of a sudden, because, say, Barkley goes down for a game. Uh, I think the progress of Scroggins depends on what Mustaine does. If Mustaine has a good spring we can prove to this staff that he competes for the quarterback job or is a strong second. Then they can redshirt Scroggins. And I hope to God Mustaine doesn't decide to graduate in, in, in the summer, which he could do, and do what some quarterbacks do and go play to one double-A school. And that's always a chance. You never know with young people today. and You never know with young people today. And I hope Mustaine competes well and gets a chance. And he plays quarterback some during the games, and, and they can leave Scroggins the redshirt because Scroggins is a real find. And... Uh, Good family, class act, uh, everything long, great feet. You know, he holds that ball up in the pocket. He's been coached well. He squared, I mean, he squares up well. He can escape. Um, he's a decent, decent runner. Uh, he can break out of traffic. He he's got a good escape routes. And he gets out of there, and he can throw on the run. And he's a great percentage passer. You know, his average completions in that level of competition, that's a tough high school league, is staggering compared to the interceptions he had. I think it was only eight on the season, including the playoff games. He, he really puts the ball in there. He knows when to throw it away or toss it out of bounds. He knows when to take a sack, which isn't often, because he can really escape. And he can run on, He can run and scramble and throw the ball going either way. He's a four-star. Um, we, I get this question a lot. Uh, people email this kind of thing all the time. Since the like Carson Palmer you know, era or whatever, there haven't been a lot of six five, six six type of quarterbacks at USC. Like you, you know, Barkley's six two or six three, Scroggins six three, things like that. It's, I mean, not that they're small guys, but they're not these those towering forces. What do you think that was? Going well, on? you know, it's really hard to be young and be that tall. Like uh, the kid out of K- Kingsburg, who Kiffin uh, signed. I mean, who got to commit at Tennessee, Tyler Bray. Uh, he's just a long string bean, so, and he's 6'8". I mean, usually taller kids are skinnier, like Cal signed one, Hinder, who's 6'5 and 181. <laughs> and, and, and he's so skinny he can peek through a keyhole. I mean, he's unbelievable. <laughs> uh, I, mean, you, I mean, you just can't do that. Look, at uh, UCLA's had the problem of keeping their quarterbacks healthy, and they're pretty sturdy guys. I mean, you know, they were too old and 
205, 195. Now they're both lifting weights and up to 220, and, and, and that's even relatively small. But when you're tall and 6'5 and 210, and don't forget, Carson Palmer was a uh, basically a five-year guy, wasn't he? Yeah. And, and he got the injury, and I know I coached the guy in Canada in the Canadian League, real good guy from Oregon that tackled him on that play, and he said he was the hardest quarterback that he ever had to bring down, my player in Canada, and uh, in terms of Palmer. But Palmer played like 43 games at SC, and you're not going to find that in 6'5 studs anymore going to play 45 games. I mean, <laughs> I mean guys are going to get out early, and, and, and I guess uh, – I guess the other thing is that that's just a rare thing, and it just happened that they happened to be that big, and they thought they had another one in Sanchez. You know, maybe he's a six-four guy, right, or right up there. But it just you got to take the better quarterback. Like Barkley when, is not six-four; he's not six-three. I mean, you stand next to Barkley or see him and break it down. He might be six-two. I doubt it, though. Yeah, I thought Sanchez was probably six three ish or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just not yeah. that six foot. But Barkley's big kid. Yeah, I mean, yeah. these guys aren't the skinny. Well, guys. the other I mean, guy that's a big kid. He's just not the six, one more, quarterback that six, was two. really big that uh, that signed with Colorado State. Pete Thomas. Now he's a big guy. He was a six five two twenty five guy, and he's he's a big time quarterback. And not the kid Nottingham, but a quarterback before at Stanford now. Another big guy. There's some six four, six five guys. It just happened that they got those big guys, you know. And and but a guy six five. The, the the important thing in that is not the height measurement. It's the length of the arms. And if he's high hipped with long legs, it's how tall you are in the pocket with that release point, and how tall your arms are, and how big your hands are to handle that ball as you whip it by your ear and reverse and throw it on the run going either way. So, of course, you don't want a 5'11 guy or 5'10 guy, but some 6'3 guys and 6'2 guys in the NFL, if you see them quick and see them on tape, and even some of the guys in the Canadian League are ex-NFL guys, you think they're 6'5", and you get next to them, and they're 6'2", and NFL guys. I mean, they just look longer. The long arms does that high release point. Ah, long arms, big hands. All right, good to know that, Lanny. Um Another linebacker, Glenn Stanley. He's from Eastern Arizona, J.C. He looks like he got set on fire. <laughs> he is really good. Not just the hair, everything. You know, this SC football team literally has seven guys on the team. And I can name him. If Jackson's brother gets in, Jackson Jackson, Boyd Green Perry, and Stanley and Kennard that all can play weak side defensive end. The problem is they got to get one to be a strong side defensive end, and that's a serious problem in what they're trying to do over there, whether they're telling me that or not. That's a problem. they got to get people to take on de- uh, double teams. Stanley can play anywhere. He's, he's a good 6'1 6'2". He is a good 245 or 250. And, and he, he, he just plays like he got lit on fire. I mean, he plays sideline to sideline. He's a bigger, older Pollard who's a little better athlete than Pollard. He could play weak side end, weak side backer. But I, if, if he and Pollard can handle the mental aspect or split it, I would put those two guys in competing in, in, for the middle linebacker job right now. I mean, Stanley's oldest, probably 21 and a half or 22, third year out of you know, high school, Bowling Green first, then Eastern Arizona. He can run. He can tackle. He's an impact hitter, an impact player, a sideline high motor guy. He and Pilar are the highest motor guys you can possibly see in high school players. I mean, other guys have it, but not more. He's a, he's a, he's a five-star recruit, and that's most people don't label a J.C. guy five-star recruits. And it's ridiculous because some guys come out at the end of the third year and only play two. You know, maybe they're injured as a freshman redshirt, then they play two and get drafted. He's a five-star player. Wow. He's right. that good. So he will make pretty... many big plays. Again, barring injury. Sure. Or a great issue, or if he gets in, doesn't get into school. Five-star player. 
All right. So high marks for uh, Glenn Stanley. We get to the two tight ends. First, Randall Telfer. Um, what do you think about him? Four-star player, and only because I, I, I think that one of them is going to end up redshirting because you got Elston, you got Ailes. Uh, those are two guys who, who've got a lot of minutes. Uh, of course, uh, he might play right away. If they serve, if I think SU would best serve themselves, barring injury, if you redshirt him. He could run after the catch. He can catch, catch, catch. He's a willing blocker. He's going to get bigger and stronger. He's got great feet in the open field. He runs great routes for a tight end as far as high school tight ends go. He's a four-star player. He's a big-time player. All right. And the other one, Christian Thomas. He's a 12. He's a tw- <laughs> My favorite high school football player in the nation. Christian Thomas. If Kansas State had him, they have the All-American running back named Thomas right now, Kansas State. He'll be a first-round pick. Kansas State would take Thomas and make him their big back, not fullback, their big back. I mean, it wasn't just UCLA game that I watched with my good friend Chris Houston last year, the Kansas State-UCLA game. It was every game we saw Thomas in. Every time, and sometimes I'd be over at Chris's apartment watching games, and Chris would be out somewhere else watching games, and we didn't go to a game. And I went to high school games the night before. I was sick of going to games. So I'd sit and watch Kansas State. This guy is exactly what the Thomas of Kansas State is. I mean, Thomas, the USC Thomas, can run, catch, run routes. He's a devastating runner after a catch. He's devastating. He has open field qualities. He's a tough guy. He's more than a willing blocker. He's a good blocker. I mean, I, I bet half the colleges in the country that run two-back offense would have him in the backfield, not as a blocking fullback. He's that nifty. I mean, he's swift to foot. He's physical. He catches in the crowd. He is the best catching tight end I've seen in years coming out of high school. Years. And I'm old. Wow. That's a pretty impressive. Five-star. Five-star. Well, obviously, he's the best. And, and you know why? I don't care what the other people rate him. That's no, why I that's rate him, and I know more than they all do. I, that's why we love having you on, because you're going to have a different opinion, yeah. and, and, and I, a very a, informed opinion. I like that. <laughs> or at least you sound like He's a great player. <laughs> I, 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 you know, just like I loved Morgan and Hall and him and Pollard and, and Stanley and, 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 and DePaulo, those guys just fit in with I dream about, you know, of, of great players to be. All right. Well, we'll definitely be watching the fall for him. I Probably keep him at tight end. I mean, they have, but uh, you know, they have so many running backs. But who knows? Well, uh, maybe the coaches will move him around a little bit and yeah, see where he's. Yeah. Um, George Uko. I think you. I think you like this kid, uh, Chino High School. His, yeah, you know. First of all, you know, SC oh, lines Chino, up Chino next school, year with six, six. Uh, probably line up with six three techniques, three nose guards. See, I don't like what the last defensive line coach did at SC. Uh, you always could say, well, he can play nose, and he can, he can play the three, he can play the nose, he can play the strong, and he's very versatile. Give a guy a position. And I think that's a problem that this uh, wonderful coaching staff at SE is going to change fast. They're going to put positions on guys. You know, I always hate, and this equates with Uko, I always hate uh, a right guard, right tackle, a flop on fence meeting. One guy always goes to the strong side. So what, what you're really teaching is four feet instead of two. If you put a guy at one position with his hand down on the ground, he can get his steps of what to do easier. On the defensive side of the ball, how to fight traps, how to drop the back hip, how to take on double teams, how, how to whip his head, if that's the case, against a face mask, not a helmet. The face mask is in front of the helmet. You just give him a position, and the position I see is either one, very, very few. I think that guy will be outstanding at 
either one of the two inside positions. Now, what he's going to have to overcome, much like Henderson, the level of competition in his league, there are not very many high-end Division One prospects in that league that Don Lugo's in. There's a lot of short, fat guys on offense <laughs> blocking them. There's a lot of 5'10", a fourth, 253-pound gut guys in that conference. Now they're, now, they're tough guys. That has nothing that in any case. They're guys who end up playing at Azusa Pacific, a lot of them. Tough NAIA, uh, NAIA school. Um, Whittier, colleges like that. Some go to Northern Arizona after JC, and they're tough. Some play at Mount Sac and go to Idaho State, and they're tough. But that's who we played against a lot in high school. What he's going to see, you know, what you see highlight tapes of Uko, you know, it's all against the air over the summer camps. In the All-Star game, he acquitted himself. He got used to uh, special. I think he'll, he'll, he'll adjust real fast. But you can't give him too much. You've got to put him in a position, I think. Put him where Casey is and let him compete. Put him where Harris is. That's what I do because Harris is off and on. Simmons is here for 50 years. He doesn't play much. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, you've got no other uh, high school recruit. None of the seven uh, weekends can play the three technique or knows with success. They're not very good right now against the double team including the red shirt green again our, this defensive line coach will change that but he won't change it he can't do it i mean sc defensive line wasn't built overnight it must be like the same league with rome it wasn't <laughs> built. so give this guy a position because he can run he's got a mean streak he can change direction he's a four-star player all right. Uh, how about some of Anuku from? Eureka? I like him. He's he's not six two. DePaul is not six six. He's a uh, barely six feet, if that. He's a guy. Another guy. I hope he redshirts because I see him as a very very solid tough guy type. Shorter Havili. Uh, not with the running skills, but the blocking skills. He seems to have good football instincts. I think there's a academic question, isn't there? There he is. I don't know if he's been accepted yet. Yeah, he, he, but he, he's a four-star player. If you got a highlight tape, he runs over everybody in that league, and people will just go ooh and ah. But that's that's a decent high school league. It's better than the league that Uko was in because they have bigger programs in that league, and they pay their coaches a lot more money in that league where Eureka is. But he's going to be a wonderful player if he's in school. I, I don't know that. I'm not negating him as a player just that you know i've read various things that he's still taking his tests and things like that he's got it in his bloodlines a lot of cousins who played football um he's a, but i see him you know too bad he's not he can't be 6'3 because you get him a 290 he'd be a hell of a nose guard but he's tough enough at 260 to go and play the damn thing if you got some injuries there not better than most of se's three techniques other than casey and uko all right um robert woods a lot of a lot of people love Robert Woods, I've been watching him because I'm a track nut since his, when he enrolled at Sarah. A little different. You know, they had him as a corner most of the sophomore and junior years. All the magazines, all the recruiting things, he's a great corner. He isn't. He's, he, he's, he's tough enough, but his body is sort of brittle. He will be better far away from the ball because he's dangerous. He's so dangerous. You know, he's not... Now, who, he possibly could run a 45 flat, which is incredible, 400 meters. He's number two returning 400-meter runner in the country this year in high school track. And he's one of the top junior runners in the world. He's a long strider, but not a real long strider. But the amazing thing with his body makeup and the way how fast he can make his cuts, he can catch a hit and, hitch and be gone in a second. Well, a lot of 6'1 guys with long legs can't. You know, they waste a step. He's got just great run skills. I mean... The track skills uh, in a football suit, he can separate. You know, like 
he'll run a 20.3 or 4 if he's healthy, 200 meters possibly this year, at least 20.5, but yet he might not run under 10.5 and 100 meters. So that means he can't unwind fast enough. He might not run a 4.2840 someday, but he might run a 44 flat 400 meters. I mean, he's that great an athlete. And it's unbelievable because he can't unwind, yet in his first two steps after catching the pill, the ball, is as fast as you get from any great receiver who have great run skills. I mean, it's as fast as all the great run-after-the-catch NFL guys. I mean that. He's that good with the ball in his hands. The farther you away, got him away from the ball, the more dangerous he is, the less of injury he has. I wouldn't put that guy over the middle too much. He'll go in the crowd and get it. But you want to keep that guy healthy, and you want to keep that guy uh, on the field a lot. Is he a five-star for you? He's a 10. He's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> He's a five. All right. Um, one of the most popular recruits, just because – when the whole Pete Carroll thing happened, uh, you know, when he left and Demetrius Wright was down at the Army All-American Bowl, he was the first one. He went on live TV even with USC that didn't have a coach and said, I'm committing to USC. And I think it shocked a lot of different people on that one. But I think he, he, he won a soft spot in a lot of USC fans' hearts because of that. But what do you think about him as a player? Big time. Uh, he's just like the Wright who's the fifth-year senior. Same kind of player. He doesn't clock great. He clocks good as a 10 8, 800-meter guy. He doesn't have a lot of uh, endurance, seemingly, in running a long time, 22-7 and 200 meters. He has football endurance. I wouldn't put him at safety or strong safety. I, 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 he, he's a guy that, that – but he'll be, he just plays fast. He plays so much faster than he clocks. I mean, uh, this stuff about him clocking 4-4-9, I doubt that. But I'll tell you one thing. He can play at 4-4-9. I mean, he's really a big-time player. I mean, he's one of the guys that uh, – he, he's actually a freshman I see – competing in the rotation by the third or fourth game if they have if they're not going to redshirt him i mean you know i think harris is going to be something very special and i think wright's going to be equally as special in his way uh i i see torian harris and wright being the corners of the future if they don't move pat hall and if they had pat hall there i don't know a college program in the country including the floridas and alabamas that have three cover guys to get the underneath stuff done wow all right five star five star guy and then one last and rarely one. would i rate a guy who doesn't run a four-four, a five-star. That we're going to play cornerback or something. Yeah. Okay. And then one last one. He's not yet signed yet. Uh, you mentioned him a little earlier. Uh, Jackson, Marcus Jackson. He might never get signed. Who knows? Yeah, you know? we're not sure what's I going mean, on there. You know, he didn't pass his test. You know, I, you know, I didn't qualify out of high school, so even signing means nothing. I don't know if you know that rule. Once you sign a letter of intent, it's all negate after that. You can never sign a letter. I mean, maybe for press conferences they can. <laughs> uh, you know, it's. Uh, but I, I think he's going to. Uh, you know, hopefully he's doing well. L.A. Southwest J.C. He wasn't as good as brother at the end uh, beginning of high school. He was better than his brother in his senior year and, wow. and, and his brother's got still a long way to go i mean and he had a little better i mean you know the, the double team and things like that i mean he's in a five position war uh, with his brother and three others at that position that they keep him i don't think that he he or his brother are strong side defensive ends the one did play this one i think is the one that played some linebacker i mean there are twin twins uh, but i saw a lot of birmingham games a lot of playoff games a lot of games against taft I, I think he's a big-time player, a four-star. If he gets in, 
uh, obviously is funny in hell when, wearing the UCLA jersey at SC practice twice, <laughs> and his brother had to tell him, I don't know if he's a comic. Well, you, come on, dude. you got to take that <laughs> thing off, you know. He didn't even know he was out of line, That's but he thought cool. it was funny. But he's sort of cute, you know, reading the stories about him. If he gets in, they got themselves a fine player. But, you know, how many five weak side ends can he play? One or two got to be able to play somewhere else for him to play. And if he's the best one, if he's the best one, then one or two of the others got to play somewhere else, you know. But he's got a career. He's got three to get three. He didn't play. He, he was holy hell. He raised holy hell as a true freshman in a high-end, probably number one junior college league in the country, playing football as a freshman. He's the only freshman to make first-string All-American and uh, in JUCO football last year uh, on all the polls, grid wire and all that. So he's a high-end He's, you know, most people would rate a JC guy a two-star, three-star. He's a four-star right now. He's older, and I hope he's more educated. You know, he's going to junior college now trying to get his ass. He'd, he'd be a great plus if we can get him in. All right. and Well, that's a that's a great look at the whole class, Landy. But maybe we could, before we let you go, and it's always great to get your opinions on that stuff because I love that, you know, it, it's just great to hear the just candid thoughts that you always bring to these kind of little sessions that we have. And uh, we had a lot of requests to have you on, so I'm glad we got to get you on. But what about I'm honored. What about some of the guys that USC didn't get? That well, you I was hoping we'd get either Luke, the kid, the nose guard. He's he, they set him on fire too. The kid who went to Florida State, a wonderful player, just one linebacker. Jeff Luke, but yeah. but yeah, I mean linebacker. Watch him on tape. And the other guy that I I liked a lot naturally, Jeff Coat. Everybody liked because we really needed a bona fide strong side end. I mean, we got one in Horton and Kennard can play there, and they might be as good or better someday. But that guy is good or better right now. I mean, he's a rare rare athlete. And uh, the other guy, uh, Jeff Coat, Seastrunk, I mean, I, I think uh, everybody's, he sort of disappeared in everybody's mind. Seastrunk uh, uh, got, you know, wheeled in uh, by the Oregon thing, you know, the Kelly thing, like a father image thing. And it's more like the godfather over there now with LaMichael James and all those guys right. thing, you know. <laughs> I mean, he went to the wrong place. That's all I got to say. Big-time player, though, and we missed out on him. But we might get the best big-time player next year, you know. Uh, uh, and then a couple linebackers. We needed uh, uh, Zumwalt would have done us good. Shirley would have done us good, those two. I mean, those two guys are bona fide big time. They're fives. I don't care if threes, fours, who weighs them. They're fives. Shirley would have. It was funny because Shirley was the one that everyone thought USC yeah, would get. Yeah, and, and, and Stanford, Stanford Zumwalt, you know. But Zumwalt is a big, tough impact guy who runs i mean he plays he, he's on fire too he and shirley play like they're on fire and both in the all-star game you saw shirley prove that you know uh yeah i thought i thought the treasure you can't get everybody there'll be 20 to 22 recruiting class next year i mean they've offered 300 guys scholarships so we know we're going to get 20 of them good ones you know? <laughs> that was the greatest blanket recruiting job i've ever seen you know what happened in 1947 oklahoma in recruiting had 213 guys in their program they had five teams Nebraska had four. Some colleges had four, five others. They had B teams, JV teams, Frost teams, and C teams and varsity teams because all the guys were coming back from the war. And in one day at SC, I saw four football teams play. They had the B squad, the Spartan squad, the freshman squad, and the varsity squad. I peed in my pants because I was seven. <laughs> but but I watched, I watched yeah, 1947, watched wow. SC scrimmage. And then I also saw the double hitter, all the recruiting. SC played a double hitter against Kent Pendleton and the San Diego Marines, and the SC coaches were recruiting the San Diego Marines at halftime. That's why they got those guys, the Korean War, 1953. Yeah, I've seen a lot of SC football, but this is the greatest recruiting class in SC history. Wow. And with that, I thank you. Yeah, well, thanks, thanks a lot, Lanny. We really appreciate it. And uh, 
We're going to have to get you on again. You know, what, what do you want to talk about next Well, time? I'd love to talk about the draft because I'm really into it and really study it and talk to scouts. And scouting has been my basic profession in my life. You know, I coached a lot of years offense and defensive line. Um, you know, I was the guy that told everybody in sports uh, illustrated that Rivers would be the fourth pick of the first team and lead a team to a Super, to a super Bowl someday. Um, I told him that the center out of Ohio State, when everybody was trying to figure out if he'd be a 28th pick or 29th place, would play in 13 Pro Bowls if his knees hold up, and I was right there. I'm not right on everything, but I can really judge football players, and uh, this class is the best class in the history of SC football recruiting. Sweet. Well, Lanny, we really appreciate it. It's always a lot of fun. We will definitely get you on to talk about the draft. Everyone else, hope you enjoyed it was a special podcast a little bit different than what we normally do hopefully you hopefully you enjoyed that and thank you for listening to the peristyle podcast we'll talk to you next week you've been listening to the peristyle podcast presented by uscfootball.com be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on trojan football and recruiting And don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your iPod or MP3 player for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store.